Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. Hi, my name is Jan. I'm from Germany originally, and I have lived and worked in Hong Kong and mainland China for 11 years now. I originally started as a supply chain analyst in Hong Kong, and then worked my way up. And now I'm in charge of two companies in in China. One is a sourcing and quality control office for medical consumables in Shanghai, and the second one is a manufacturing and distribution company for ventilators in Suzhou. Both are part of a medium-sized German group, and I'm the deputy general manager for China. Hello, Jan. Welcome to the China Flexpad podcast, and this is the first time that we have a real. Interview for the China Flexpad podcast because you came to visit me here in my plant today. Thank you very much. So, Jan, how did you get your current job? I got my current job the same way as I got my previous one.、Uh, the then prospective employer gave me a call and asked me if I wanted to work from there. And then、uh, two or three interviews followed, and basically. Two to three months after the first contact, I had my new job, and this is, in my experience, both the most effective and efficient way to get a job. If you're in contact、uh, with the hiring manager or even the CEO of the company directly, you get a very good feeling from the very beginning if it's a match, both professionally and and also personally, and you can really get to the point right away. And this, for me personally, turned out to be a much better solution compared to going through headhunters or to applying to jobs which are posted on on the internet or somewhere else. So, which skills were absolutely required to get this job? Well, first of all, obviously, once you're moving to a team leader or, or general manager role, the importance of technical skills is getting lower. Saying that、uh, things in a small or medium-sized company can still be very hands-on from time to time. So in my current role, it may be that I'm presenting a business case for an M&A project on one day, and the next morning I find myself standing in a factory、uh, in a remote area of, of Jiangsu Province. And I'm talking to the factory and quality control staff of the supplier, trying to find out what went wrong. I have a customer waiting in Germany very urgently for five containers of products to be shipped, and now they have to be reworked because a small detail format of a barcode on a label is wrong, and this doesn't work. So, in terms of skills, I would like to break it down into two parts. Technical and and soft skills. So technical skills in in my field are first of all industry related. In in medical devices, no matter if you talk about manufacturing or or selling medical devices, there are tons of standards and regulations you have to be aware of. And since I have been in this field for the biggest part of my career, this is a this is a knowledge and and experience I already have, which allowed me to really get started in the job right away. And of course, there is also a need for for general business knowledge, business skills, 
including sales and marketing, manufacturing and finance, for example. Looking at the soft skills, I would like to mention three parts. The first one is communication. And by communication, I don't only mean language skills, but rather the ability to relate to different people, make yourself understood and understand people on all levels of an organization, from the C-level to the operators on the shop floor in a, in a production facility. Secondly, self-management. Self-management to me is really how you set your priorities. How do you focus? How do you organize your time? Or how do you deal with difficulties? What to do when there are some, some frustrating times? So how, how do you keep yourself motivated uh, and keep, keep going towards your goals? And finally, team management and, and leadership. So how do you motivate a team? How do you work with, with different stakeholders? And how do you make sure that everybody is working towards a common goal and performing as a, as a team? Jan, this really seems very professional. And you can also seem that I can also understand that in your career here in China, you have learned a lot and could contribute to your own growth. But tell us a little bit about this. How did you learn these skills in your last 10 years? Uh, let's say, in your last 10 years here in China? Step by step, over time, and in a combination of both formal training and, and on the job. Firstly, of course, as, as part of my studies, and later on also in corporate training programs, and the other part and majority, of course, in, in daily work. For this, first of all, it was very important for me to have an area of, of specialization I was really interested in, and wanted to learn more. For me, this was supply chain management, but obviously one could also start in any other business-related field, as a salesperson, as a finance analyst, or in marketing. So for myself, I started in an entry-level supply chain management position in the Hong Kong subsidiary of a multinational medical devices company, which allowed me to learn the basics from the ground. And since supply chain management has interfaces with all the functions of a company, it's also a great chance to broaden your view. After around two years in that role, I had the chance to move into a project management role, still related to supply chain management, but now also with the responsibility to lead project teams for two key projects. One of those projects also included more interactions with customers, and I figured out that for the next phase of my development, I wanted to get into sales. So I joined the newly founded subsidiary of a small German company, which had just set up operations in China and started to build their business from scratch. Very much hands-on at that time and amazing learning opportunities since we were a team of just four people taking care of everything. And with this experience, I became ready for my next challenge. Leading the teams of key account management and customer service for a multinational company, which provides logistics and commercial services for multinational players in the healthcare sector. At that time, medical devices was still a main industry I was working in, 
but I also had clients and, and projects in pharmaceuticals, in consumer products, and this allowed me to continuously work on new challenges with new clients and also take responsibility for additional functions. So at the end of my time in that company, I was leading a team of 60 staff. I also know that many listeners of, of your podcasts are actually just about to, to start their career. And for those, I also would like to share my point of view on the advantages and disadvantages of working for large organization versus a small and, and medium-sized company. Since I've been with both, um, I have some, some first-hand experience. And if you want to deepen your skills, then certainly a multinational company can be a great choice. They have very extensive training and development programs, internal conferences to exchange best practices with colleagues from all over the world. And so this can really be a, a very good basis for people who need or who are looking for the formal learning opportunities. The downsides of a, of a big company, especially at the beginning of your career is, that it's easy uh, to get stuck in a silo. So you might not have the, the big picture view on, on the whole company, and also you might get, get lost in, in office politics from, from time to time. So if you, if you want to, to get more things done and broaden your experience, of course the small company or, or startup is, is the better choice. There, the whole company might be literally sitting in the same room and you have less, less subject matter experts or, or consultants. There is no legal guy. There is no quality guy you can talk to. This guy is usually yourself and uh, you can really learn how, how to deal with all kinds of challenges and how to run and, and expand a business. So for me, looking back, having had the chance to, to work in both environments was, was really a fantastic chance to develop my, my skill set. What were your first steps in China? My first step in China was as an intern. And actually, I, I might not, not have ended up in, in China at all. It was not, not always planned to do that way. When I was growing up in the beautiful yet relatively small town of Ulm in, in southern Germany, I formed the wish that I wanted to see the world and live in a big metropolis one day. Paris, London, New York, you name it. But then, much to the surprise of my parents, I decided to move to an even smaller city just 50 kilometers away from my studies after I had graduated from high school. What may have seemed like, like a rather odd choice for my aspirations was, however, a, a first step into the right direction because I had chosen the study program for its opportunities to gain international exposure and to go abroad through internships. And this why I was very, very fortunate and spent time in the UK, in Australia, in Hong Kong, and finally also in Shanghai during the internship phases of my studies, which helped me tremendously to grow both personally and professionally. And once I was approaching graduation, I checked in with my boss at the headquarters for, for any opportunity to go abroad for a first permanent job. And after a few weeks, he called me into his office and said, Jan, there is a great chance for you in, in South Africa. 
you just go there first for two years and then we talk again and, and see what, what the next step could be for you. And I thought about it for a while. I had had conversations with colleagues from, from South Africa, also German colleagues who had based there for an extended period of time. And uh, I just felt it was not a place where I could commit myself to living for, for two years. So I politely declined the opportunity. And two weeks later, Hong Kong was on the table. So I said yes, packed my suitcase and was on a plane to Hong Kong before I had even received my university certificate, which I had mailed uh, to my new address in Hong Kong a couple of weeks later. Your story sounds really awesome and you also share a lot of experience from your job. But now we're working in China and we are meeting here in China, just about one hour from Shanghai in a little bit of a smaller place. And you got to know my colleagues today from a Chinese company. So let's get your opinion. What would you say should be the do's and don'ts in China? The most important point, in my opinion, is to be open. Surround yourself with people from different backgrounds, from different industries and professions, and listen to what drives them and how they see China and the world. That's exactly what we did during lunch today with your colleagues. I think this was highly interesting and, and time well spent. And of course, you don't have to forget your own roots and you shouldn't accept every opinion or, or piece of advice you will be offered, but keep your mind, your eyes and also your ears open at, at all times and learn. Secondly, be patient. If you really decide to move to China, you'd better prepare to be in it for the long run. While the development of China on a macro level of the country and, and its economy has certainly been incredibly fast, a lot of things on a micro level can and will take time. For example, if, if you're new in a city, you're new in a job, just figuring out what's going on around in your direct environment and you start to build the relationships you will need to really make things happen, it can be a, a quite long and sometimes also frustrating time until you are really there. So be in it for the long term. And finally, you should know and show your value. As a non-Asian foreigner in China, you will always stick out. For myself, uh, most of the time in China, I was the only German or the only, the only foreigner in, in the whole company. So of course, uh, people notice you. And that on the one hand means that you have a lot of eyes on you. So people think, hey, we're going to, through, through so much trouble uh, to hire a guy from far away Germany. So is, is he worth it? So you better work hard and you, you show your best at work uh, every time. And on the other hand, this obvious difference can, can also be an, an, an advantage for you if, if you know how to play it. If you as a, as a foreigner in China walk up to any receptionist and say, hey, I'm here to meet the, the boss of your company, you have a very good chance that they just let you through without asking any further questions. The same thing applies to cold calling, either in English or in Chinese with a heavy German accent, which opens a lot of doors which a local might not be able to, to open by himself. So those, those three, three are the, the pieces of advice 
I would give to, to any newcomer considering or, or coming to China already. Now, I heard you speaking perfect Chinese today to my colleagues. So I was very impressed. So how did you learn this? And do you think it's important? Well, yes, yes and no. I think you could be successful in China without speaking or understanding a single word of Chinese, as long as you can deal with the, with the cultural aspects. But of course, if you come to China for a long period of time, and also if you work outside the first tier cities, Chinese skills are, are very important. And I learned the, uh, the Chinese language after I arrived in China. When I came here for the first time, I did not speak or read a, a single character. But over time, on the job, in the family, I acquired a good, a good working knowledge of Chinese. And this makes things much easier, especially if you also have to deal with, with manufacturers or with customers in second, third or, or fourth tier cities where you certainly cannot expect your counterpart to be fluent in, in English or in foreign languages. Now, Jan, you're a classical flexpat. You have changed jobs a couple of times after you started your career. And now I guess that you found your current job in China as well. So how do you differentiate from an expat? Well, the difference of myself and the, and the typical expat is that I came in in a very junior level position. So my first and also the second job in, in China, which I took was, was a typical entry level position. I did not have the standing of a manager title, which other people who may be dispatched from, from headquarters as a director or, or general manager will have from, from day one. And since Chinese organizations in, in general, and this also applies to, to, to foreign owned companies in China, still put a high focus on hierarchies, you really have to gain the trust and build relationships with, with your colleagues, which may be higher in, in the corporate hierarchy than yourself, but you need to work with them and you also somehow need to lead them without being their, their line manager or having any formal authority as a, as a manager. And I think this is, this is something that was also a great learning opportunity for me. But of course, and this, this would be the same in, in any country, in any other country as well, it takes time and you have to follow a certain path. You have to keep developing yourself. You have to keep growing to really make it into a, into a leadership position. Jan, is there anything you would do differently if you came back again tomorrow? Big picture, no. Looking back to 2009, the decision of moving to Hong Kong was the best decision I've made in my whole life. And I wouldn't decide in, in any other way today. In retrospect, uh, I should have paid more importance to expanding my network in a, in a more structured way from the very beginning. But saying that, you also have to stay flexible and keep figuring out by trial and error sometimes what works well for you and, and what doesn't. And this way, you will find your own way and uh, find opportunities that meet your areas of interest and, and strength. Thank you very much, Jan, to come here today to take the long run from Shanghai to Jiaxing. And I would really invite anyone listening 
to do the same, come visit me here in Jiaxing. It's about a 30 minutes train ride from Shanghai. Do an interview with me, share your story with our audience. And with that, thank you and Zaijian. Thank you, Francis, for having me. Goodbye. This was the China Flexpad podcast. I am Patrick. And I am Francis. We share the best advice of professionals in China to help you find a successful career path in China. Our guests tell you real-life problems and possible solutions for your professional and personal life in China. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll come back for the next episode. If you don't want to miss the next episode and enjoy more China and Korea-related content, connect with us on LinkedIn. Bye-bye. And Zaijian. -bye.